my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for all of us who woke up this day. Lord, we pray for your healings on all those who are sick. We pray blessings upon all the doctors and nurses, Lord. And I pray you bless all those who are listening right now in their homes or wherever they're at. Lord, may your Holy Spirit reach down and touch them this day. We never need they have. Lord, bless our hearts and bless our homes and our families and all those around us in our communities. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, live stream uh, edition of our uh, first Sunday in May worship service. Uh, we are again here, um, just a, a very small uh, group in the house of God. Uh, while all the rest of you are uh, comfortable in your homes, uh, but uh, we welcome you nonetheless uh, as if you were right here with us. And uh, we know that where two or three are gathered together in his name, he is there. And we know that God is not subject to environment uh, or location. That we can be together and gather together in his name even through the online recording. So it doesn't matter whether you're home, by yourself, or, or with the group of people, uh, whether you have a big watch party going on, um, or even for those of us who might be here, um, I want to say that God is in our midst. God is with you. God is with us. He is here. And so we give honor and glory unto Him uh, for His presence and His faithfulness to us. Um, let me just briefly say again, we are here uh, due to this uh, pandemic. Um, we are not quite sure yet how much longer we are going to be here uh, and or when the church will be reopening. Uh, we are keeping a uh, close eye with the uh, roof of our government and we will be abiding by them as we continue to move forward in this new paradigm that we have uh, been forced with. Uh, but let me just say, regardless as to um, the structure of the new paradigm that we are in, we know that God has a plan. God is sovereign, and that God is going to do something miraculous in your life and in the ministry of this church so that we can turn around and bless this community. When we do come back up, we want to be a blessing. And the way that we can continue to move forward, the way that we can continue to make it through, is with your generous partnership. So, uh, if you have your tithes and offerings, maybe you say, you know, Pastor, I, I, I want to give, I just don't know how to give. I want to bless the ministry, I just don't know how to bless the ministry. I can tell you several ways in which you can help bless what we have going on right here in the city of Allegan and how we want to, again, bless the community once we come out of this. Uh, we can't do that without your partnership. So if you can, you can give online by going to pastorstrom.com. Pastorstrom.com. When you get there, there's a button at the top of the page that will say online giving. You can click on that button and you can give. Uh, some of you realize that uh, the giving program we're using is a program called Tidly. They also have an app that you can download on your iPhone or smartphone, uh, both Android and Apple-based. Uh, you can download that app and you can give uh, recurrently uh, through the app as well. We also have a mailbox that you can send your tithe to. That's P.O. Box 143 in Hamilton, Michigan, 49419. You can mail in your tithe, and we will certainly uh, be receiving of that, and we will certainly be able to move forward by the grace of God. So God bless you in your giving. 
God bless you in your faithfulness as we endeavor to be faithful in the ministry God has given us. Let me just pray over your faithfulness right now. Lord God, we thank you for those who are giving. We thank you for those who um, are lovingly and cheerfully responding to this call to be a blessing unto your ministry and ultimately a blessing unto this community. Father God, right now we pray, let the windows of your heaven be open as you bless everyone who gives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Let me get right into the message here this morning. Um, and so the message this morning I want to talk about is being a vision of God. A vision of God. And, you know, usually at this point I would be uh, dismissing kids and children's church and doing all of this. But right now, if you're at home and you say, Pastor, I wish I could listen more, but I got all the kids uh, around and everything. I just want to encourage you to, to, to let them listen in. Uh, I, I believe that they can, they can receive. Of what I am teaching here. They can understand. You know, children are a lot smarter than something you're getting credit for. And so, uh, just go ahead and, and, and keep the video on, keep the live stream running, and we're going to believe that the Word of God will transpire into even the hearts and minds of the young ones that may be in your home right now. But let's just get into the Word of God. I want to begin with Habakkuk chapter number 2. Some people call it Habakkuk, some people say Habakkuk, um, different pronunciations of the name. Uh, nonetheless, it is the same book. Uh, there's a book in the Old Testament. Uh, now we'll go to Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter number 2. Now I'll begin reading with verse number 1 of Habakkuk chapter number 2. And it says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. And will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I should answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, because it will surely come, it will not take. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your message today. I pray, Lord, that this word will go forth to everyone watching and listening. And Father God, they may hear it, receive it, understand it, and apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk about a vision of God. By the way, if you know this, I know, for those of you who may have been watching uh, for the past several weeks, as we have been in this new paradigm, uh, this new structure for several weeks, uh, we used to have the scripture verses on the screen uh, behind me, which I believe was a help to many probably watching from home. Uh, unfortunately, uh, your beloved pastor, uh, went to the computer yesterday and was attempting to download some new things and, and try to make everything uh, much more pretty and uh, try to add some extra features 
to our screen and then so doing I actually kind of messed some things up. So we don't have the program today. Hopefully we will be back up and running by next Sunday. Uh, and for anyone of you maybe watching, if you say Pastor, I have a lot of technical expertise. Um, comment, message me, and I would love to uh, reach out to you and we can work together. Praise the Lord. But until then, uh, right now, we have what we have. So just be grateful we have a nice blue screen behind it. And uh, hopefully you have your own Bibles in your house and you can open up the scriptures and read along with me. But I want to talk about a vision of God. Getting a vision of the Lord. And I believe that now more than ever, we need a vision of God. Now more than ever, we need to see what God is up to. Who God is. Get a vision of God's plan and destiny over our lives and really over our nation, over the whole world. We need a fresh vision, a fresh look of God and His plans and purposes before us. The prophet said, I'm going to wait and see what God is going to say to me. I'm going to wait and see what, how God is going to respond to me. Many of us over these past few weeks and months, I know many pastors and leaders and, and ministry leaders and directors have all been crying out to God. Many of our state leaders and, and many of our, even our government and political leaders, those who are Christian and who believe in God, have been crying out to God over this past month or more. They've been crying out saying, God, what do we do? God, give me direction. God, give me... Give me an idea to how I can best move things forward. How can I go the next step? What's the next plan in my life, in this state, in this country? What's the next move? See, this prophet was in that same place. We cry out to God, God, what's my next move? God, what's my next step? And then the prophet said, now I'm going to sit and wait. See, and that's probably the hardest thing he had to ever do. Crying out to God was a little bit easy. Praying and seeking his face, a little bit easy. Reading the Bible, a little bit easy. But the hardest and most difficult thing he had to do was to say, now I'm just going to sit and wait. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to tear me until he tells me. Until he gives me an answer. Until he gives me my next direction. Until he tells me my next move. I'm just going to wait. Oh, I love Isaiah. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait the Lord shall renew their strength. I believe we are in a pattern of waiting. We are in a season of waiting. 
Do not allow this season to pass you by in your bitterness and anger. Do not allow this season to pass you by in your frustration and concern over everything going on. Take this season for what it is, a season of waiting, a season of tarrying, to see what God is going to say, because God has the final word. God has the final say. Let me tell you what, there is no government politician that has the final say as to how things are going to be when it's all said and done. But God has the final say. And so let's wait on the Lord. They that wait upon Him shall renew their strength. For the vision, I love how the Lord responded. When the Lord responded to the prophet, he said, write the vision. You've got to get a vision. You've got to get a vision. And I believe more than anything, he was talking about getting a vision of himself. Getting a vision of God. A vision of who he is. A vision of of what he is about and a vision of the glory he has for each and every single one. There was a man who had this kind of vision. There was a man in the Bible who had a vision, a great grand vision of God. His character, his nature, his identity, his power, his awesomeness. There was a man in scripture that got this kind of vision. He got to see God in all his glory. This man was the name Moses. We can read about this in, Moses, in Exodus chapter 33. In fact, come on, go to Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. Let me give you the background to the story. God had just promised Moses, Moses, I'm going to help you to lead my people to a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to help you lead my people. This is what you're going to do. You are going to lead my people to a new land, a new place, a new destiny. You're going to lead them to a place that's going to flow with all sorts of blessing, all sorts of provision, all sorts of bounty, all sorts of miracles, all sorts of great and wonderful things. Now, how many of you are looking for that? How many of you are waiting to say, I'm waiting for my house to have all sorts of miracles? I'm waiting for my household to have all sorts of blessing and bounty and good things of flowing in abundance. I'm waiting for my life to just be filled with wondrous things. God said, I'm going to have you lead them to that place. And Moses responded to God like this. He said, God, you told me that if I'm going to go and I'm going to lead them, then you're going to go with me. And God said, yes, I am going to go with you. I'm going to follow you. My presence will go with you all the way. And now we come to verse 18. And look at what Moses says to God. He says, okay God, now, 
if you're going to go with me, I need a little bit more assurance that you are who you think you are. I'm going to need a little bit more assurance that just by you going with me and going with us, we can actually successfully make it to this land flowing with milk and honey. I, I, I want more, God. I want more than just you telling me I'm going with you. I want more than just your word coming and saying, okay, here I am. Let's walk together. I need more, God. I want more. Is there anybody out there that says, you know what? I believe that the word of God says, God is for me, not against me. I believe the word of God when it says that God is going to go with me everywhere I go. But yet, I want more. I want more. I desire more. And here's what Moses desired. He says, God, I beseech you, show me. I want more than just a word. I want more than just an assurance. God, show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. Moses desired more than just this painted picture of a promised land. He wanted to know God was going with him. He wanted to see the glory of God. He wanted to see the glory and power of God. And he said, I beseech you, show me thy glory. And here's the most amazing thing. Are you ready? God answered, yes. The most amazing thing to Moses, his outlandish request. In fact, God himself even told Moses what you asked is really, really huge. Because God said, let me tell you something, Moses. No man has ever seen my glory and lived. What you are asking for is huge. What you are asking for is beyond what anyone has ever asked for before. What you are asking for is greater than anything you can ever imagine. But I will show you. I will bring you to the place where you can see my glory. But I believe so much, so listen to this, what God was being ready to do was give Moses more than just another picture. He was getting ready to give Moses more than just another painted tapestry of the power of God. And he was giving unto Moses a vision of himself. Look at the first thing. That God said. He said, Moses, you asked me for my glory. No one has ever seen my glory and lived. You see, God answered Moses' request as if to say, Listen, I'm going to show you that I will indeed make the promises I gave you fulfilled, and I will respond to this outlandish request. You see, God was going to make a way of revealing his glory to Moses 
to prove himself trustworthy and faithful. God was going to prove himself trustworthy and faithful. Moses, you are questioning whether or not I am will actually go with you. I'm going to prove to you that I will. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slowness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. In other words, when God makes a promise, God says, I will bring about. I'm not slow in bringing about my in fulfilling my promises. I made you a promise. I'm going to fulfill my promise. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says that all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. All the promises of God are yes and in him amen. We have a yes and amen to every single promise. So when God gives you a promise, you can say yes. I believe the promise. When God gives you a promise, you can say amen. The promise is going to be fulfilled. I know I might not see it now. I may not have a vision of it yet, but I know that the promise is coming. I know that the promise will be fulfilled. I can say yes and amen to the promises of God. Jeremiah, the great prophet, in the book of Lamentations, he wrote in chapter 3, probably one of the greatest verses of all. He said, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is not slow concerning his compassions. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. A man by the name of Thomas Obadiah Chrisom took that verse, and from that verse, he wrote one of the most popular hymns we've ever received. And in the chorus of that hymn, he said, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. For great is thy faithfulness, dear Lord unto me. You see, whenever we have a promise of God, we can best assure that God will fulfill his promise. That is the vision God was giving even to Moses. When he was saying to Moses, listen, I gave you the promise. I'm going to take you into the land flowing with milk and honey, and I am a God who keeps my promises. I am a God who keeps my word. I am not a man that I should lie. I will do what I say I will do. And right now, saints, every one of you watching me, you have a promise from God that God will be with you. That the God who is for you is greater than, than all those who are against you. That God will walk by your side. And you can rest assured in every single promise of God. You can rest assured. See, this is the vision you need to get of God. The vision is of a God who keeps his promises. You need a vision today of a God who keeps his promises. 
But I want you to also look at this. When God was responding to Moses, he said, Moses, remember what Moses asked for? He said, he said God, I want to see your glory. And what did God respond? He said, okay, I'm going to allow my goodness to pass before you. God didn't say, I'm going to allow my glory to pass before you. He said, I'm going to allow my goodness to pass before you. You see, because the visions, the vision of God's glory was to be satisfied with the vision of God's goodness. The glory of God is wrapped up in the goodness of God. I want to say it again. The glory of God is wrapped up in the goodness of God. We all need a vision of the goodness of God. I, in the Bible, in the book of Mark chapter 10, we had the story where the Pharisees and, and people are coming up to him and saying, and saying well, I, I believe you are a good master. I believe you are a good leader. Well, I believe you are a good teacher. And Jesus himself responded to these people. And he said, why call you me good? Why callest thou me good? For there is no one good but one. That is God. There is no one good. No one good. We can have good moments. There may be people who can do some good things. There may be those that, that accomplish good good feats and, and, and good and good programs. There may be good things that all of us can accomplish, that all of us can do one for another. But there is no one who is inherently good but one. God. It is his nature, it is his personality, it is his character. He is good. You know that song we just sang today, he's a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by him. He's a good, good father. Everything he does is for your good. Even when he reprimands you, it's for your good. My children always question me on that. Whenever I reprimand them, and then I turn around and I say, this is for your good. No, it's not. But it, it actually is. Because we in ourselves can never be good. No man can ever be good. So we need the good father to help lead us in the good direction. We need the good father to help bring us in the good way. Deuteronomy 30, verse 5. And the Lord thy God will bring you into a land which your fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do you good and multiply you above your fathers. Did you catch that? This was going into the promised land. Now they're about ready to walk into the promised land. And Moses said to the whole congregation, he said, God will do you good. How can Moses 
totally declare that God will do you good. No matter what you do, no matter how everything's going to go, God is going to do good for you. God is going to bring good things about for you. God is going to, he, he's going to do good in everything you're about. He's going to do good. How can Moses rightfully declare that? Because Moses had already got a vision of God. Moses got a vision of God, and in the vision, he got to see the goodness of God. He got to see that God is a good God. He got to see that God is a good Father. He got to see that God is a good God. I want to tell you, no matter what you're going through right now, God is a good God. I don't look out at you, what you're facing right now in the world around you. God is a good God. That's why the Bible says the moment stepped away, when he says that I have good things in store for all those who love me and are called according to my purpose. All things are going to work out for your good. All things are going to work out for your good. Nothing's going to work out for your bad. Everything that I have my hands on, everything that I'm preparing for your future and your destiny, everything that I'm preparing over your children, over your grandchildren, in your home, in your cities, in your communities, everything I'm doing is for your good. Yes, even a pandemic. Yes, even a virus. Yes, even the troubles and the calamities and the conflicts and the sufferings and the trials. Yes, I am doing everything for your good. And all things are going to work out for good. All things are going to work out for good. Why? Because he is a good Why the psalmist was able to declare in Psalms 84:11, he says, "The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. Holy, righteous." that walk according to his word. He will not withhold anything good. Church, listen to me if you're watching. Something good is about to happen. Mm. I feel a prophetic function on my life right now to say this to you. Something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. In your home this very week, you need to declare this and confess this. Something good is going to happen. Remember, I've, I, I've taught you, church, about the power of confession. You need to confess this with your mouth. Something good is going to happen. I don't care how bad it looks. I'm declaring right now in my life, in my family, in my home, something good is going to happen. I don't care how much I might lose. I'm declaring right now for my job, for my income sake, something good is going to happen. I'm declaring right. I don't care how many uh, people might be sick in their body right now. I'm declaring and confessing something good is going to happen. All my family members who may be sick, all my friends who may be sick, all those who are wrong that may be sick, I'm declaring something good is going to happen. I'm confessing with my mouth and declaring with my mind and I'm speaking in faith something good is going to happen because my God, my Father is a good 
You see, that was the vision Moses got. When Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God said, I'll show you my goodness. Because I am all good. There is nothing about me not good. You serve a good, good. Get a vision this morning. Do you have it? Can you get that vision? Get a vision of God. That he's a good God. Now look at the third thing. Then Moses saw the vision of God. God responded to him and said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. In other words, he was saying, I will proclaim my name. When I show you my goodness, when I put you in the cleft of that rock and I, and I walk before you to show you my glory, to show you all of me, to show you God, to reveal God to you, to reveal God in the power, the majesty, the awesomeness, the awe-splendoring of God. When I reveal myself to you, I will also proclaim my name before you. Now you see, there's something there because in the ancient Hebrew culture, there was something powerful about names. Because they believed the name was not just a name. In fact, they gave names out very purposefully. They gave names very consciously. They didn't just give out a name really, did it? You were born, you didn't get a name just because that's kind of what you look like. Well, it's kind of, you know, I, I just kind of like that name, so I'm going to give you this name. Names were on purpose. Names meant a lot because the name of a person in the ancient Hebrew culture was the identity and the character of that individual. The name represented the identity and character of that individual. You remember Esau? You remember Jacob? Remember when God had to literally change Jacob's name because Jacob, the name Jacob meant supplanter, deceiver. And God, when finally Jacob got a vision of God himself, when he got a vision of God and he touched God and he wrestled with God, God said, you know what? Now that you had a vision of me, I got to change your name because you can't have that name no more. I got to change your name from Jacob to Israel. From supplanter, deceiver, to prince with God. Because you see, the name represented the identity, the character of the individual. And so when God said to Moses, listen Moses, when you are about to see my glory, you're not just going to see my glory, you're not just going to see my goodness, you're going to see my name. It may sound kind of weird to say, how can I see your name? But what God was saying was, you're going to see my identity and my character. You're going to see my name, my identity, my character. You're going to get a vision of my identity, a vision of who I am. You remember when Moses first started out in ministry? It was at a fiery bush. 
And when Moses asked God at the bush, God, who are you? His response was, I am the I am. I am, I am. But now, after Moses had been through all of the troubles in Egypt, after Moses had, had finished off all the plagues, and after Moses had came through and crossed the Red Sea, now after Moses had came across, and now he, he'd been through the wilderness, and now the tabernacle has been built, and now they're doing worship, and they're having church, and they're, and they're functioning together as the body of believers, as the church body of, of Christians and God followers, and now... God says, I'm going to show you more. How many of you ready to see more of God? See, when you first got saved, when you first came to know God, oh yeah, you, you learned a little bit about who God was. Yeah, you learned, okay, I, I can see that God is, is this way. I can see that God's character is, is holy. And I can see that God's character is righteous. And I can see, and I can I begin to understand. But the more you dive into the relationship with Him, you begin to learn more and more and more and more about who God really is. Until all of a sudden you come to that place. If, if you are totally surrendering yourself to God and saying, God, I want to know more, there comes a point in time. But God's going to say, now, I'm going to reveal more to you. See, at the fiery bush, all God would say, when Moses asked him, who are you? Listen, I am who I am. But now, at Mount Sinai, God says, I'm going to pass before you when I do. I'm going to give you a vision of my whole character. I'm going to give you a vision of my whole identity. I'm going to give you a vision of all of who I am and what I am. Wow. Who's ready for a greater vision? Who's ready to enlarge your vision? Oh, I'm grateful that when I first came to know God, I, I knew him as the I am. Yes, he's the I am, my healer. He's the I am, my deliverer. My, he's the I am, my savior. He's the I am, my redeemer. I praise God that I got to know him with all the different facets of his name. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Sekinu. Yes, I'm glad I got to know his name and all the different facets. I got, I'm glad I got to know him as Adonai, as Yahweh, as Yeshua. I'm glad I got to know him and all of his name, but now, I, I, I want to know more of God's identity and oh God, is there anybody with me that says in this hour, in this very moment, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want a bigger vision. God enlarge my vision of who you are. Enlarge my vision. Enlarge my vision. Yes, when you got saved, you, you got to see God. But now, God said, I will show you more. I will show you more. I will reveal more of myself to you. See, that was Paul's prayer. Even when he wrote to the Philippian church. Paul well, this was years after Paul was already saved. Years after Paul was already laying hands on the sick people and they were getting healed. Years after Paul. 
know him. We need Paul. He don't know God. What do you mean, Paul? You just did all these missionary journeys. You just saved people. You, you, you just laid hands and they got healed. You just spoke to a demon and told the demon to walk away and the demon did exactly what you said. What do you mean now that Paul, I want to know God? See, what Paul was saying to was God. Oh, that I might know him. That I might know his, his whole identity. His whole character. His wholeness. Oh, that I might know him. And then Paul prayed the very same thing for the church. When in Ephesians chapter 1, he prayed for the church. And he said in verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. He's talking to the church. He's talking about you. He says, oh, I'm praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Oh, that God may give you the revelation of himself. So that you too can know him. That you too can get a vision of revelation who God is. Moses was placed in the cleft of the rock and there in the cleft of the rock he got a vision of God. There in the cleft of the rock he saw God. Right now in this season, this is, I believe this, that God wants to show, He wants to reveal Himself to His people. He wants to reveal His glory, His goodness, His identity, His character to His people. But I want to say something else. Stay with me. This is one of the most powerful things I have seen recently in Scripture. In John chapter 17, we call this outside, really, people say that the, the Lord's Prayer is, is found in Matthew and Luke, where Jesus said, I'm going to teach you how to pray, and you know, you're going to say, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day thy daily bread, and forgive those who trespass, and you forgive uh, those who trespass against you. It is not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we call that the Lord's Prayer. But I really truly believe that the Lord's Prayer is really John 17. Because that's where Jesus actually prayed in the garden. You remember the story? Jesus had just had supper with his disciples. 
And he told his disciples after supper, why don't we go to the garden and pray? And so they went to the garden and prayed. And, you know, we, we all remember, right, the popular phrase, Jesus went on and prayed by himself, and he asked them to pray for one, one hour. He came back and he saw them sleeping. He woke them up and said, come on, guys, can't you pray for at least one hour? Let's try it again. And he went back over there and prayed. And he came back again and slipped on his disciples sleeping. But in that prayer, when Jesus prayed, you can read the prayer that he prayed. It's found in John 17. And in John 17, verse 22, Jesus is praying to the Father. And Jesus said these words. He said, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we. I want you to hear that again and say it again. Jesus is praying to the Father and he says, God, the glory which you gave me as the Son of God, the glory which you gave me as the only begotten of the Father, the glory that you gave me, I have given that. Oh, you see, Moses had a prayer and said, God, show me your glory. God, give me a vision of who you are. But now Jesus is praying, and Jesus is saying, listen, listen. I'm giving my people who believe in me, I'm giving them my glory. I'm giving them Some of you right now watching, you see the beginning of the seed, right now say, yes, but I receive this glory. Jesus is literally praying to his Father, saying, God, I'm giving it to him. I'm just, I'm just handing out my glory. I'm handing it over to him. Well, now you might look at me and say, Pastor, how, how did Jesus give me the glory? Well, you will be finding out in just the, the chapter previously. Because while Jesus is going to the garden, he says to his disciples, he said, listen, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. He's talking about himself dying on the cross. He's saying, I'm going to go away for a very long period of time. You're not going to get to see me. You're not going to get to walk and talk with me like you do right now. I'm going away. But it is for your good. It is expedient. Remember, God does everything for your good. Jesus is saying to his disciples, it is good that I'm going to go away. It is good for you that I'm no longer going to be with you. It is good for you that I'm no longer going to be able to walk and talk with you. It is good for you. Oh, you see, I'm sitting in the disciples are probably looking at him saying, what on earth are you talking about? I love you, Jesus. I care about you. You're my friend. You're my master. You're my teacher. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. I want to always walk and talk with you. I want to always be able to go where you go and step where you step. What do you mean it's good for me that you go bye-bye? But he says, no, it's good. Because here's what's going to happen. If 
go not away. The Comforter, the Paraclete, the Holy Spirit of Heaven will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him your way. Hallelujah. If I go away, I will send him unto you. And then in his prayer, he says, Now God, my Father, I am giving them my glory. Why? Because I am sending them the Spirit from heaven. I am sending them the glory from heaven. I am sending him down unto them. And that's why he said to his disciples, Listen, I need you to tell me. Remember what Habakkuk said? When God said to Habakkuk, Wait for the vision. Wait for the vision. Tell me for the vision. And, uh, and then Jesus said, Now wait for my spirit from heaven. Tell me in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. But all I want to tell you, saints, this morning, everyone watching me on live stream right now, you don't have to wait for the glory of God to impact your life. You don't have to wait for the glory of God to fill up your heart. You don't have to wait around and be put into a cleft of the rock to see the glory of God for the Holy Spirit. Resonate, manifest 
inside where everyone is at. Lord, let your glory just begin to saturate and soak each and every single one watching. That they may feel your glory. That they may feel your presence. Holy Spirit, right now I'm asking, I'm asking if you would just begin to touch every single one watching. Every single one listening. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, if you are watching me and listening to me, keep, keep your eyes closed, head bowed, as I am. I'm believing this is, this is a holy moment. This is a holy moment. Right now, if you are here, you say, you know what, Pastor? I have never received the glory of God in my life. You're talking about receiving the Holy Spirit, having that, that, that relationship with the Holy Spirit, surrendering to the Holy Spirit. I, came by the, I, I want to speak to you right now and let you know right here, right now, that the glory of God. You don't have to do anything special for it. You don't have to do anything particular for it. Because Jesus already prayed. He said, God, I, I, I want them to have it. I, I, I'm giving it to them. I'm giving them my glory. I'm giving them my glory. So right now, you, you have access to the glory of God. You have access to receive the glory of God. Jesus already prayed for it. He already asked God for it. So what do you have to do? All you have to do now is believe and receive. Believe that Jesus Christ, you got to get a vision of God. Get a vision of God. Remember what I said? God is not a man. He can lie. He's a good father. He has everything good for you. The Holy Spirit that He wants you to have, it's good. It's for your good. And right now, if you believe that God is good, if you believe that God in His nature loves you, if you believe that God is, 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 is revealing His nature to you, His character to you, all you have to do is believe that the Holy Spirit is for you. It's a gift. It's the promise of God. It's the promise of God. Can I show you saying something? Moses was being told by God, the promise is the man in front of the heart. And guess what? They received the promise. They received the land flowing from the heart. God is not slack concerning his promises. So right now, he says, I promise. The Holy Spirit is a promise. You can receive the promise of God. So right now, I want to pray one more prayer. And if you are here, all you have to do is believe and receive. I'm going to pray this prayer with you. Heavenly Father, we believe that you have given to us your glory. You have given, you have released your Holy Spirit from heaven so that he can live with us and be with us everywhere we go. Now, God, I receive the answer to your prayer. I receive the promise you spoke of. I accept it into my life. Bless me now, Lord, with the answer, with the glory 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, let's not believe that God's about ready to pour out His Spirit upon them. Right now in your home, I, I'm going to be signing off uh, and on the live stream, but I encourage you to stay in this atmosphere of worship, stay in this atmosphere of prayer. As you, as you allow the Holy Spirit to saturate your life, as you allow the Holy Spirit of God to begin to pour out His power and grace and the glory of an almighty God into your life. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. I'll see you soon.